Hello and welcome to the C21 Podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Coming up in this episode, former GOMON president of Worldwide Television Distribution and co-production Vanessa Shapiro talks about launching her new scripted business, Nicely Entertainment, during a pandemic. Anka Greifenea, Vice President of Original Productions for WarnerMedia's TNT channels in Germany, discusses a darkly comic drama commissioned under lockdown to support the local creative industries. But first, Peter Blacker, Executive VP of Revenue Strategy and Innovation at NBC Universal Telemundo Enterprises, tells Inigo Alexander about the challenges facing the US Hispanic multi-platform outlet right now and the contribution it's making to new streaming service Peacock. Um, you know, on the one hand, it's 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 been tough just because our business, like everybody's business, has been so incredibly challenged. On the flip side, as somebody that uh, has been uh, working inside of a traditional media company to get them to evolve into a modern media company, I've been at, at NBC Universal for 14 years and started the Telemundo digital media division back when people didn't know even what digital really was. It's, I will say one of the more interesting things has been seeing just how quickly uh, the crisis has forced my peers to become uh, um, mobile and uh, digital video experts. Uh, their ability to do video conferencing and to be able to share screens and have uh, multiple uh, uh, virtual activities all take place at once is something that I never thought I would see in my lifetime. Um, so that has been probably the, one of the few sort of motivating and comical things that I've seen throughout this uh, process. You mentioned there that, yeah, everyone's turning to the Zooms, the Skypes, Teams, you name it, the digital alternatives to try and get business going. How have you seen that digital alternative work for you? You know, it's, I think it's, it's, it's definitely not business as usual. It's, it's business as, as, as totally uh, upended as possible. What is, I'll say what I think is, is, is working, uh, as a headwind and what I think is, is, is been working as a, as, as a long-term help for, for the business going forward. The headwind has just been that we, we are innately accustomed to, um, to having human contact, particularly in the Hispanic community, the Latin community, um, hugging, kissing, uh, being close to our, to both our, our family, friends, but also our coworkers is, is an integral part of our, of our business culture. And that is, is, is very much a void that, that no amounts of uh, of zooming or uh, ring centraling or whatever is your preferred platform can make up for. On the flip side, um, we have gotten much more efficient in the amounts of check-ins and the sort of the the agendas of those check-ins. So I am on now two or three different daily check-ins that would never have been even thought possible and or necessary in, in our old setup. And currently they're allowing for that sort of scrum like updates where people are getting very brief two to three minute updates that are relevant at the, either the top of the day or the end of the day so that we can be really efficient and sort of push through this triage mode. I think we're going to take some of those elements with us in post COVID and find ways, at least I'd like to have, certain daily check-ins that are very brief, very tight, very productive, but they kind of keep people connected in a way that being in a big office space or being in a, um, in a large company, sometimes you take for granted or you abuse and have meetings that are two hours long that could be 30 minutes. 
how efficiently, say out of 10, how efficiently do you think you've been able to um, operate from home? What a great question. Um, I think my efficiency level has gotten incredibly, uh, is much stronger. The problem is that the hours of which you need to be efficient have been stretched. So it's almost physically impossible to really properly be efficient because, you know, like all of us, I had a commute. I had time in the office. I had a lot of time on airplanes. I was constantly traveling. I mean, I would travel at least once or twice a week on an airplane. All of that is gone. So then that time that in some ways is a, is a buffer, even though you're running through the airport trying to catch a flight or with, on a conference call as you're boarding an airplane, there's some amounts of, of buffering that takes place. Whereas now our days are just this constant, never-ending calendar. And uh, so the efficiency, if not properly balanced, could lead to, lead to burnout, which certainly none of us want to get to. And I'm assuming that most of your time recently has been consumed with the launch of Peacock. How has the launch been affected by the pandemic? I mean, it, you could argue that it's almost an ideal time to launch a streaming service since everyone is at home. There are more eyeballs on the screen. So, so for, for us and, and Peacock, and we have a very special relationship with Peacock because we're providing over 3,000 hours of Hispanic content and, and have really leaned in heavily to make sure that Peacock at launch has not only Latino, a Latino section, but has strong content both in Spanish and English for the Hispanic consumers. So we're very, very vested in it. Um, on the one hand, um, those, that, that huge quantity of hours turned out to be quite troublesome to launch um, when you're remote and you're not able to physically be in, 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 in rooms with servers and systems that you would otherwise be able to play with physically. Um, so that was a bit of a challenge. Um, however, the, as, you, as, you, as you highlighted, there's just so many folks at home that are craving new content. A lot of this content is stuff that we have previously not made available. So it's exciting to be able to offer it. And we are um, really trying our best to, to delight and surprise our audience with things that they might not have thought we would have available that were accelerating. So, you know, from a tech perspective, it was a, it is and continues to be a heavy lift from a, from an audience reception perspective. Uh, we think uh, the timing is, uh, is, is, is going to work out for us. And speaking of audience perception there, how well received do you expect this service to be? Do you have any sort of target subscription figures that you had to adjust because of the pandemic or are you still using the previous calculations? Yeah, I, I would say I, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not privy to, to sharing the, that, that specific granularity. Um, however, I would say that we are very much focused on serving the community and serving the needs of this audience. And what we've chosen to do is actually increase the amount of content and accelerate, particularly things around um, news and information because the Hispanic community is being hit um, as hard, if not harder than other segments of the community in the US. And so uh, we've seen that there's a tremendous interest in how we are covering and sharing content about, um, about COVID-19. And so we, um, not only launched a series of new programs uh, for Linear, but those programs also have a, have a life and an expanded life on Peacock and our digital platforms. And you mentioned uh, the Latin American production industry has been quite affected, as has any other production industry across the world. But obviously, the, the output that 
that American industry usually puts out are the really long running dramatic telenovelas that are such a staple um, culturally there. And they're such an integral part of TV and schedule programming. Um, how has Telemundo reacted to that? I mean, you're quite involved with, the, with both the US and the Latin American market. Um, can you shed light a bit on what you expect the Latin American market to be able to, how do you expect them to cope with the, the lack of production? Yeah, we're, we're literally monitoring it on a daily basis um, to see, you know, where and when can we get back safely into production mode. That being said, um, we're very fortunate because our, our facility, Telemundo Center, um, allowed us a chance to really get ahead of several productions. And, um, and we're working as best we can to find, um, find ways for us to you know, continue to program with fresh, exciting new content. Just to clarify, we're, we've moved away from what we'll call telenovelas and really focused on series and super series, which are just, they're, they're, they're a little more modern, a little faster paced, whereas the classic telenovelas is, is while they're long, they're also more traditional in their storytelling. Um, our, our stories tend to be more faster paced and, and, and really focused on the U.S. Hispanic experience. Um, that being said, um, we, we've also seen a lot of success in some of our uh, competition reality programs that run in primetime. So we have one of our biggest shows is called Exatlan. It's an extreme decathlon show and it's in its fourth season. We had to stop producing that show too, um, it, but we believe that's a show which we can bring back on the air quite soon because of where it's filmed and how it's filmed. And, and, um, and so that might be one of the first things that comes back on. We're also very interested and motivated to uh, continue our season with La Voz, uh, La Voz, um, which is uh, in the middle of that season. And so some of those programs could come back on uh, on our linear platforms and digital platforms much quicker than, for example, some of the scripted ones, which we would have to reassemble the entire cast. But all of it, you know, we're, our teams have been so proactive and collaborative that um, the moment that it's safe for us to jump back in, we'll be there. There are already some companies that are thinking of ways that they could start filming again, whether it's abiding by social distance norms or whether it's remote production. What do you see as the most viable, viable way forward to be able to pick up production as soon as possible? Well, you know, we've, we have been, um, uh, we, we've had the responsibility and, op and opportunity to really see this firsthand um, as we uh, operate one of the largest uh, multimedia facilities in the country, the Telemundo Center, which is only a year and a half old. And so what we have had to do because of our responsibility and commitment to the community as it relates to news and information, we have had to find ways to, with a very, very skeletal group of people, be able to a mix of production from home with production that takes place in Telemundo Center. And so through those learnings and through that work, we're now able to run different scenarios where we're able to see, okay, if we were to go into a phased approach and bring the next phase of employees back into the building, what would that look like and how would we do it and what gets prioritized? And then the second phase and third phase. And what's interesting is it's similar in, in terms of its phased approach um, to the way that we moved into the building in the first place because we couldn't move all, all of our employees in from you know, six different facilities overnight. So we had to do things in a very strategic and phased approach. And I, I, I think the team we have is one of the best in the business for doing that analysis and seeing how we could bring back production with social distancing over time and in a phased approach. During the pandemic, one of the trends has been that uh, there's been an increase in 
development, production, and uh, creatives that are, since they're working from home, perhaps working more efficiently to get ideas on the ground for once the, once the pandemic is over. Um, so if, if I'm not mistaken, I think you work closely as well with, you know, uh, content developers on your side. Is there, uh, have you guys been working on ideas as well for once the pandemic blows over to be able to start production on them? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think what, what, what this is allowing is, is you know, and, and this has happened as old as, as mankind, crisis is frequently followed by a creative explosion. Um, and, and, and that can be seen in visual arts and musical arts and in, in audio visual arts. And so I would imagine that, that coming out of this, um, we are going to see uh, a whole new uh, stream of storytelling from different storytellers and certainly a much higher comfort level of digital platforms and streaming platforms and, 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 and looking at businesses from a whole fresh perspective. And do you think there are any key lessons that the industry could learn from this whole pandemic? There's obviously a lot of cooperation, a lot of creativity at the moment, but what do you think the industry could take from all of this? I think I think that one of the biggest ones, one of the biggest things, aside from you know really focusing on becoming truly an omni-channel or multi-platform um, you know industry, we don't have the luxury of saying I just make a product for this platform or that platform. We need the flexibility. That's an obvious one. I think less obvious is the flexibility in teams and organizational structures that's going to be required to be successful. I mean, this is showing that. No one single person, no one single department is going to uh, save a company or help it thrive in these times. And so instead, what we're seeing is these matrices of different people and different parts of business where they're coming together to solve a problem and to make success happen together. And I, 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 I think that that is a lesson that we have all learned and hopefully we will take with us as opposed to going back into a more siloed approach. Peter Blacker from NBC Universal Telemundo Enterprises. Vanessa Shapiro was president of worldwide television distribution and co-production at the US arm of France's Gaumont until she struck out on her own earlier this year to set up LA-based Nicely Entertainment, a scripted producer-distributor specialising in TV movies. She spoke with Karolina Kaminska about launching a new business during a pandemic and where she sees the market heading. Well, back um, at the end of 2019, it felt like it was time for me to go on my own. It felt like the natural step. And I felt like the last couple of years, um, I really um, strengthened my experience in the production side as well. Um, you know, I executive produced the upcoming um, Amazon original series at Presidente um, here in the U.S. So I felt I was ready to launch my own company and then continue to do what I love, which is producing and distributing content. Okay. And can you tell us about some of the movies and shows that you've got in your slate? The first one is A Very Charming Christmas Town. And the second one is Christmas in Farmstead, two holiday movies, and we shot them in January, February in order to have, you know, take advantage of the, the winter and the snow being holiday movies for this Christmas 2020. And um, we finished post-production during um, the lockdown. One of them is still in post. Uh, Christmas in Farmstead is still in post. Um, but we feel very privileged, clearly, because starting a new company, couple of months before the lockdown was probably not the best timing. 
Um, but we were ready and we jumped in right away, which was, I feel very thankful. And then this time, the last couple of months during the lockdown, we basically took that chance to really look at all the scripts we had, all the treatments, all the concepts on the movie side, and really design what the slate is going to be for 2020 and 2021. We have one movie that is already in prep um, called Romance and Sapphire Cove. So it, it's a rom-com, a romance movie. We, again, luckily, we found a great partner in Australia shooting this movie. Um, again, we had to find creative ways of continuing production since Canada and the US and most of the world actually um, is closed for production. And so uh, luckily, Australia, New Zealand have been reopening in the last few weeks. And um, we're starting shooting Romance and Sapphire Cove mid-June, June 15. So this is very lucky. And then the rest of the slate, we have partners here in the U.S. and in Canada ready to start shooting as soon as you know, the lockdown is over, which unfortunately, we don't really have visibility. For me, if continues on, let's say, until August, September. I mean, I'm assuming we'll be able to start shooting again in July. That's what we're talking about right now here in the U.S. and in Canada. But let's say we can't. I might do a second movie this summer down in Australia after Romance and Sapphire Cove um, because we want to make sure we continue to have a content of, you know, five movies a year. My goal when I opened the company was to have, we had a set of 10 movies. Clearly, um, the stop of the production kind of like reduced the slate for this year, but we want to be back on track for this kind of volume. So trying to find new partners, new areas where we can start shooting safely. Um, and then we'll go from there. So have you had many projects that have, that, that have been suspended for the time being? Yes, we had a couple of Christmas movies that have, have not been announced, so I, I'm not going to mention the names yet, but they were supposed to, to shoot March and April to take advantage of the snow during, you know, we can shoot in Canada with snow until late April. Whether because of the shot of production, we had to stop those productions, and now I'm looking at reslating those two Christmas movies next winter. What is challenging today for me as a company, as a production company, but also for all the production companies out there, including the studios, is not knowing when it's going to be safe to start shooting again. And that's the question that everybody is wondering. And um, the, the short answer is we don't know, but we're preparing, meaning we have scripts, we have production partners, we have directors, we're ready. And, and, and so um, you're hoping that you can take things to countries where production freezes are starting to lift as you mentioned like in Australia and, and New Zealand for example yes. um, but are you looking into any of the so-called corona proof productions so things that can be filmed at home while adhering to um, social distancing guidelines so it is a little harder when you do a holiday movies because usually people want to see like big production value. They want to see outdoor scenes with snow and Christmas decor. And in the scripted world is um, a little harder. However, I did receive last week a, a very sweet script about a Christmas movie that could take 
place during a lockdown situation where we could potentially shoot inside and but I have not convinced my production partner yet that was a good um, thing to do we're still hoping that we'll be able to go and shoot outside in July but if that continues that could be a good option to look at for sure. And what about on the distribution side of things Um, how has that area been affected and what sort of demand are you seeing from buyers at the moment? There's good, there's good and bad. Um, the good is that all of a sudden, all the new productions are not being delivered. So anything that is already produced and in a can is very attractive um, because we, again, because we don't know when things are going to be reopening for production, there is definitely a need from the broadcasters for new fresh content that is already finished. So there's no risk of being postponed on the delivery. There's no risk of not happening. Very challenging time uh, for everyone because um, the ad revenue on the channels have been going down, um, even though the viewership has been going up. So that is challenging because the channels do need content, not necessarily looking to buy right away. Everybody is trying to find what the right balance is on the buying side. Um, but also, you know, the emergence of all those new platforms coming up like HBO Max, for instance, in the U.S., um, and then continuing working with Netflix, Amazon. People are basically home watching those platforms and there is a big need for new, you know, fresh content. Everybody I found is in the same boat. They can't get fresh production. So anything that is already produced now or is ready to go into production is very appealing. You've mentioned some some big streaming names there, Netflix and HBO Max. Uh, Do they represent a particular type of platform that you're targeting or are you kind of across the board? We are completely across the board. The movies that I've made in the last couple of years, they in the US all been, you know, with Hallmark and Lifetime and Up TV and, you know, more the traditional linear broadcasters. Um, on the television series, because there's two parts of Nicely. So Nicely is a, we produce TV movies, we have a slate of TV movies, but we also um, very much involved in the television. So right now I'm distributing a young adult series called Dive Club, um, which is a production down again in Australia uh, for with Network 10 as the main broadcaster. And I'm distributing the rest of the world outside of Australia. So it's, again, this is something that is going to be starting shooting this summer, which will provide fresh content by early 2021, 20, uh, appealing for everyone. And is the current virus crisis causing any funding issues for the company, particularly when it comes to production? It, it kind of goes hand in hand because we we were supposed to have 10 movies in production this year. Unfortunately, with the lockdown, we're probably going to have to reduce to five. So financially, we're going to be fine. And on the sales side, I keep saying that I'm not too worried because in the US, we haven't seen a slowdown in the country. I know there is a big demand for content here. Uh, Internationally, even though some territories have been hurt, I mean, let's talk about Italy and Spain, uh, to some extent France. I mean, this is bad economic situations. I mean, we can't, you know, hide and deny it. Uh, But eventually, it will pick up eventually people are going to need to buy content again. So for me, the way I see it is, yes, there's a slowdown on the international side, but we're on wood funded um, for the slate that we have this year. 
and I'm not worried about that. Um, and again, because we had to reduce our original slate, uh, we're in good shape. Um, what we need, though, is hopefully by the end of this year to see um, the need for content internationally to, to increase um, and the international market to start picking up again. Vanessa Shapiro from Nicely Entertainment. WarnerMedia German pay TV channel TNT Comedy recently commissioned an original short form series to raise funds for artists affected by the coronavirus pandemic, with the self-shot five-parter also airing across sister networks TNT Siri and TNT Film. Vice President of Original Productions Anke Greifenea told Clive Whittingham about the project called Ausgebremsk, or slowed down, and how shooting on other shows is slowly resuming in Germany as lockdown restrictions are lifted and protocols put in place. I got a call end of March from Maria Furtmengler, who is a famous, you know, actress and also now a producer in Germany. And she said, you know, we had to stop so many um, productions and a lot of, you know, actors and writers and talents were at home. And she said, why don't we try and use that um, talent that doesn't have to do anything at the moment and try to do something. And I said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, the question is how we're going to do it. And I said, I would like to do a charity cause, you know, a charity project out of it because there were so many people struggling and not just our, you know, just not just actors and, and, and productions, but also, you know, uh, musicians and, um, you know, theaters were closed. So actually a lot of artists in general were suffering and we said we should do something to support them and uh, this is how we said you know let's try and see who you know who wants to be part of it and so we came up with the idea of producing remote that means nobody really has to leave home for the production <laughs> and so we came up with an idea in, in the end it was not all at home but it was that the actors were all alone where they where they acted so people weren't interfering with each other and so we came up with the idea that um, Beate, that's the character, uh, had just lost two of the most important things in her life, her husband and her driving license. Why is that important? <laughs> because after hubby left her for a student of their joint driving school, her license is taken by the police when she's caught while driving under the influence. And of course, as a driving instructor, that's quite you know, a problem. And so when her life is falling apart and her existence is grumbling, she decides to end her life. But as she's sitting in the driving school simulator uh, with a bunch of pills lined up in front of her, an online video chat window suddenly pops up on the screen. And due to a technical error, she finds herself being mistaken as a therapist for a counseling hotline. And so people call in with their own problems. And so, you know, so it's all sorts of People, so it's not like a real Corona topic um, series, but um, we took the, the the themes like isolation and not having social contacts into the into the program. And only in the last episode, basically, there is one one sentence where somebody says, uh, "Well, no, we couldn't go through with the shoot. That's a stunt woman. Uh, there's a virus or something. We have to go home." And they said, "You know, we can't shoot." So this is the only thing because we thought it's important that I think people have so much corona and the news and you know and the everything they need something to be distracted and this is why we're doing it as well we thought we want to give the people something to distract something fresh new content and at the same time something where we can help artists in general 
And um, so, yeah, it was a really different kind of um, production, to be honest, because um, most of the parts were shot at home, you know, at the actor's home, and they had to do their own makeup and, um, of course, you know, no dressing and stuff, and they got cameras, and we did that in different cities, and we had the technology where our director, Lutz Heineking, was sitting in Cologne, with, you know, looking at screens and telling them what to do and stuff. So it was really different, but it was really a lot of fun also that which which is important a lot of a-list talent from writers to director to actors and actresses did that for free because they, they want to support their colleagues and the and you know the industry super quick turnaround for a scripted series as well so as well as all the remote filming challenges i mean how do you turn a scripted series around in the in the very tiny time that you have <laughs> well to be, first of all, we had three top writers who have done, you know, the most, well, a lot of, one of the most successful um, series in Germany at all. One, for example, wrote how to um, sell drugs online fast, the Netflix series. I'm not sure if you heard of that. And uh, our head outdoor, Annette Weiss, did a lot of award-winning series. And Ralf Hussmann is really uh, been around. Um, he did like the German office version, you know. So they're very, very, very experienced and very good. And they kind of uh, split up into different episodes. And Annette, the head writer, was making sure that it all comes together in the end. And, um, but we, what we did is that um, we had those scripts and outlines as basically the, the ground to improvise on that as well. So there were dialogues, there were outlines for each episode, but, but the actors were free to use those bits and pieces, but also put surprises or different things into it. And Lutz Heineking is actually um, known for that as a director to improvise. And so this is how it was possible to do it all. So apart from this series, how has uh, the crisis and the lockdown changed your business day to day? Well, first of all, we're all in, ho uh, you know, doing home office. Casting, for example, is mostly online casting, e-casting. So you can't have live castings. It's, it's difficult to have constellation castings, for example. We do, um, if you have to discuss scripts, we do it via video call. So that's different because usually you are in the room together and it's quite an intense work and giving feedback to writers, you know. We're doing that via video now. Um, we have done the remote shooting where we didn't have a makeup artist, etc. like that. So it's a lot of, you know, videos and, um, yeah, being home, to be honest. And what's the situation in Germany now? It's kind of held up as one of the countries that's coped with this quite well what's the situation in the German industry? What are the next steps as you come out of lockdown? I think, to be honest, well, people start shooting again and not just remote shooting. There are strict lines and there are lines that will be uh, will become part of the, you know, uh, of a law as well, how to, you know, of the work law, how to cope with things. There are systems in place, security systems, but people start shooting again. You know, people on the set getting tested every day, afterwards going to quarantine, for example. Then you have teams with different T-shirt colors on who can't be in the same room, for example. People start working around it. But I hear more and more uh, about productions that are back. We're just careful. and But, I mean, there's always this tiny, or not this tiny, but there's always the, the risk left of someone getting infected on set. And then, of course, you're standing still for at least two weeks, right? So there is still a risk that um, people are working on to get that 
kind of um, secured through insurance or through state help or something and there are works around it and it looks good that we will have something like that but it's just at the moment that you have to be super careful and and you know hope that that people actually do that as well and they that they go home after the shoot and that they don't party somewhere you know what um do you think will be the more sort of widespread and and more lasting effects of this on the on the german industry i mean over the next few years how do you how do you see this affecting the industry in germany the thing is or the good news is that um we will need content people need content and the good news is people are at home and so they do want to you know watch something and see something and being entertained there is an increase we saw that when people were home you know in in watching or binging um for the s what platforms it was positive they had more signups more you know for subscriptions and so that probably is a trend that can continue for linear channels it was of course a little more difficult you know as advertising has advertising has been down i'm sure we'll adjust to the situations and find workarounds and creative solutions and i think those who are more agile and can adapt to the you know new normal will succeed and there are ways like i don't want to say you know like for example even the small example of what we did during corona or others as well i mean there were similar projects in germany so you know i think this is what yeah what we will need to do has this changed what you're looking to commission moving forwards originals so you know the the dollars question what are you looking for that we always ask yeah. buyers yeah yeah it's actually funny because this is something i'm thinking constantly about is do we want to watch different stories well not just during the pandemic but afterwards for example at the moment there's so much crisis i'm i i don't need a apocalyptic um <laughs> series like just me personally at the moment you know and i think there's enough you know enough going on in the news i don't need that at the moment in fiction but i'm also thinking um is that something is there a, will there be an effect on on us as society um like regarding topics or how we you know do our values change is something you know what what's different what do we want do we just want to have like in the 50s you know after the war do we just want to have happy you know harmless comedy or you know uh, harmony family pieces i don't know it's actually something i'm I'm not sure I haven't made my mind off yet because I'm also thinking what if the vaccine you know comes and everything goes back to normal hopefully will it be just like a bad nightmare we had or will it had a real effect on us and we have to think differently so at the moment to be honest I probably wouldn't commission anything because right now we already have three you know series in um in development and so we're fine for that but I'm 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 reading things and I'm I'm the things I like I just take aside but it's always at the same time with monitoring how things are developing. Anka Greifenea from TNT in Germany. That's all for this episode. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net. There'll be more from the podcast tomorrow, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. <laughs>